Hi everyone, Jason here. On May the 14th, Stephen and myself will be appearing with the one and only Mark Lewison at the Pavilion Theatre in Dunleary, Dublin. We're going to be celebrating 60 years of a hard day's night and we would love you to join us. For tickets, go to paviliontheatre.ie or nothingisrealpod.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Nothing Is Real, a podcast about the Beatles. Everybody thinks they know the Beatles, but how much do they really know? My name is Jason Carty. My name is Stephen Cockcroft. And we're live on tape from Dublin. And a splendid time is guaranteed for all. Today, we've had hundreds of letters asking us to talk about a group that's not the Beatles. So we're going to talk about Wings. And you wrote all of those letters yourself. (laughs) I wrote them all to myself. Uh, We're going to look particularly at the Wings 71 to 73 box set that came out in December 2018. And uh, I, I think we're going to say from the outset, we're going to take this seriously. There's going to be no postmodern ironic wings where the band the Beatles could have been. Tonight. No, this is the one I've been looking forward to. <laughs> this is, uh, yes, this has been somewhat contentious even before we uh, we, we hit the studio today. Um, but the wings box set that came out at the end of last year is just another one of the ongoing Paul McCartney archive collection, which in the grand tradition of MASH lasting longer than the Korean War and Allo Allo lasting longer than the Second World War, Mm. the Paul McCartney archive collection has been going on longer than Wings by this point. Uh, They are sumptuous reissues of individual albums uh, going back to 2010, which started Band on the Run. We've had McCartney 1 and 2 in 2011, Ram in 2012, Wings Over America, Venus and Mars, Wings at the Speed of Sound, Tug of War and Pipes of Peeps and Flowers in the Dirt. And in October 2018, while Paul was still at number one in the US charts with the latest album, Egypt Station, we were promised the next round of Paul McCartney archive collections, which were Wings' debut album, Wings Wildlife, and their second album, Red Rose Speedway, which were bundled together into an even larger box set called Wings 71 to 73. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And it's, obviously, Stephen, you these are your favourite records. It's, it's what the people want. You've got <laughs> it, Paul, you give Paul that, you give the people what they want. Exactly. And uh, this, I have to admit, is probably, uh, if we're getting into the economics of it, all the Paul McCartney archive collections are very sumptuous, lovely physical things. I thought you were going to say overpriced, but 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 <laughs> yeah, but but lovely, sumptuous and overpriced. Yes, and there has been some argument amongst fans and fans are obviously the most logical and reasonable people yes. out there about the musical content has sometimes been a bit lacking or a bit uneven or a bit unclear or a bit reworked. Yeah, and it's 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 uh, not all the archive collections are created equal. So the books and the information are all fantastic, but the the the, the music is a bit up and down. And the, the the flowers in the dirt was the last box set before this one, and there was a lot of people upset about there's only tracks that you could download, and there wasn't tracks you could get on CD, and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, and uh, McCartney's management were kind of on the defensive a bit. I think so. I mean, I think that was a bad that was a bad misstep. Yeah, um, you, I absolutely could not fault the the physical content in terms of the books and the photographs yeah. and the archive material is just incredible across the entire uh, output. But um, I think 
creating a physical box like that and then saying, and inside is a download card. Yes. And you can download some MP3s or high quality uh, uh, tracks. Uh, that, that just seemed to be a bad misstep. Yeah. And prior to these two coming out last year, did you have a favorite? Is there one that you'd uh, nail down as a good one? I think, I think in terms of content and archive sort of physical material, uh, I like Wings Over America. Yeah. That was the, 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 the live triple vinyl. Um, there wasn't a lot of extra content. I mean, there was a doubling up of um, concert material, but I, I, I think it, that is just a sensational mm. Uh, yeah, I, I liked. I thought McCartney Two was great musically because it had everything from the sessions in one yeah. place. Um, so I think McCartney Two is probably my favorite up until we get to the, the the this recent reissue. And I think it's likely to say today that we're potentially going to go long. So don't be surprised if this podcast gets split into not one but two wings podcasts. Which, it's, you know, again, we're giving the people what, what they do want, what they want. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, so let's have a look. So this box set, the 71 to 73 box set, was a limited edition, as I said, of the Wildlife and the, the Red Rose Speedway box set, limited to 3,000 copies and priced, uh, as you say, quite overpriced, overpriced. At 360 euros, which I think is the most expensive thing I've ever bought to put on my shelves. I don't know about you. Um, yes, I would, I would say that's probably correct. That's probably getting there. And I still don't know why I bought it. But anyway. <laughs> well, I, I see. Here's where we're going to get fun, because Wildlife, I will defend to the ends of the earth as a fantastic record. But I did have a conversation with somebody. Uh, there was a music fan at work, and I was chatting to him. I said, oh, I bought a very expensive Paul McCartney box set last night. And he was like, how much? And I said, 360 quid. And he said, well, it's what? It's its complete albums. And I was like, nope. He said, is it, is it all their way? I said, it's a Wings box set. And he was like, it's all a Wings' albums. And I'm like, nope, it's two Wings albums and a load of other tat, <laughs> quite frankly. Did, did they stage an intervention at that point? Uh, at that point, yes, they, they, they got out. They the, backed away. They backed away. They sedated me. They put me into a uh, quiet room uh, and then, and then um, took it from there. But <laughs> let's break this down into a couple of different parts. And let's, for a start, approach uh, Wings' Wildlife. Now, Wings Wildlife is the debut album from Wings, and it's released uh, in late uh, 1971. And uh, where would you say Paul was at when Wings uh, appeared? When Wings appeared? Well, he'd, he'd come off the back of two solo albums. Uh, so the first one, McCartney, was very much a homemade affair, very stripped down. Uh, the second one, Ram, uh, sort of a, rea a reaction to the, the, the McCartney not really performing that well or not being really a big critical success. Um, you know, he's off in New York. He's got the New York Philharmonic. They're adding strings. George Martin's doing string arrangements for him. Uh, a lot of uh, effort put into that album. And again, critical failure. Commercially quite successful. Number one single in America. Um, but he's just not getting the critical uh, acclaim uh, that his bandmates, uh, particularly uh, John and George, were getting. So this seems to me to be a reaction mm. against that. Um, he picks up, for me, he's picking up on the get back, let it be, strip down, back to basics, let just, you know, do the show right here yep. kind of vibe. Um, he's got uh, the drummer from the Ram sessions, Denny Sywell. He's got uh, Denny Lane, uh, former Moody Blues, who's been kicking around since he left the Moody Blues, not doing really very much. Mm -hmm. um, and Linda. Yes. And you'd agree with me when I say that Wildlife is his best album. 
I would not agree <laughs> that Wildlife is the best album. Um, okay, okay, so let's let's. Uh, wildlife has this reputation as a record, so it's his third. It's a record. Album. I will give you that. It is a record. <laughs> it does. It, you it can does, buy it. You can buy it. It does make it, a noise. It is a record. Um, but it's his third kind of solo project. It's his first Wings project, and it has this reputation of being poor. Is that a reasonable I thing to say? I think that's a reasonable. Uh, when I experienced uh, Wildlife, I bought it in the late 90s. And it was probably one of the last McCartney CDs I got around to buying, purely because its reputation was bad. And yep. at that point, you couldn't try an album on Spotify or whatnot. And when I bought it and put it on, I thought, this album is sensational. I l- it's It's got a sound. It's got an attitude. It's It's got none of, you know, it's... It's got none of that kind of cutesy pie stuff that, that Paul sort of overthinks things. It's very direct. It's got a fantastic Alan Parsons engineered sound to it. Um, I, I, I couldn't figure out why this album had such bad press. And I would even go as far to say that it is, it is the album that helps you understand solo Paul McCartney. I don't agree with any of that. Okay, well then I expect a point by point rebuttal, Stephen. Oh, well, I'm, I'm quite happy to well, do well, when did you, How did you experience wildlife first? Uh, wildlife, I, I think, I honestly couldn't tell you where it slots in, where when, when I bought it. I, yeah. I, I know that the, the vinyl copy that I bought uh, was was an original pressing, um, but I didn't, I didn't go out searching for an original pressing, But so it was still languishing uh, on the shelves. I would guess it was probably 78, 79. Yeah. Um, at a time I was sort of I, I got all the Beatles records I'm working my way through the solo records um, I, I'm pretty certain I'd heard Band on the Run mm-hmm. and that that would have been the album solo album that I heard immediately before uh, hearing Wildlife so I, I, I concede that I was comparing it with what is generally regarded to be his best or Wings best yeah. uh, album but I, I think it's it it's the rough and ready thrown together underproduced aspect to it yeah. that, that really I just find incredibly off-putting mm. you see this leads to m- one of my big theories about solo Paul uh, you know I love a good theory yeah which is that solo Paul is best experienced in retrospect so when I think about the Beatles I think it must have been amazing to have listened to all those records as they were coming out in the 60s what are they going to do next yeah. what are they going to do next oh my gosh this is fantastic and Solo Paul is kind of a different thing. So Solo Paul, I think, is better enjoyed now because there's this m- big, massive soup of albums that you can just dip into. And you don't have to get uptight about Ram or Wildlife because you're not in 1971 as a hard-done-by Beatles fan who thinks this is the guy who split up the Beatles. That You can now, in 2019, look back at Paul's career and go... Ram and wildlife are fine because all this other stuff happens and the world keeps on spinning. So you can really... Paul's career is much better enjoyed in retrospect as this big gumbo of stuff that you can have different... Uh, uh, today I'm in a wildlife yeah. mood and tomorrow I'm in a... I think I think I would agree with that. I think I, I, I think um, there are McCartney albums that I didn't like at the time yeah. that they were coming out that I'm able to dip back into. Um, these albums were not... These first three albums were not well received no. critically. Ram in particular was the described by Rolling Stone as the nadir of, of popular music. Uh, so he, he, he was absolutely uh, reviled at the time as being yeah. the guy that, that, that split up the Beatles, which, you know, we can debate whether he was, you know, yeah. uh, that person or not. But um, so he's really struggling critically. But 
McCartney has been the first solo album has been rehabilitated. Yes. Ram uh, is generally regarded uh, as his best or yep. second best album. So that you know that reputation does not linger and does not affect those two albums, mm. but it absolutely continues. To, to cling to wildlife. But one of these things that like the whole McCartney archive collection is trying to do is exactly that. It's trying to take these solo albums and say, these are worthy, these are worthy, you know, rethink everything you know is wrong. Um, so are you trying to tell me that the wildlife <laughs> reissue <laughs> has it's changed your mind or not changed your it mind? It has not changed my mind. Oh, I mean, the, in, uh, the interesting thing about most of the other albums in the archive uh, uh, re-releases are the outtakes, the live yeah. uh, material, the studio jams and things like that. There is an absolute dearth of that mm -hmm. on the wildlife yeah. reissue. You know, if you went out and bought the standalone wildlife uh, deluxe edition, I think you'd feel pretty short-changed yes. uh, in terms of additional material. There's some demos, uh, there's a rough mix yeah. of the album, which really is not much different from from the final <laughs> it is quite mix. funny that an uh, album that's quite rough already has yeah, a rough mix. has a rough mix yeah. um and i think i mean i i can i can understand where mccartney was i can understand what he was trying to do i say i think this is a direct uh, sort of harking back to the idea behind get back and let it be we've mm -hmm. got to let's get back to that band and he talked about bob dylan about he heard dylan had yeah. recorded an album in four days and he wanted to record an album yeah in four days. um that was new new morning right um now again new morning uh, was hailed at the time i think you know dylan was coming off the back of uh self-portrait which is a kind of critical uh, you know, drubbing was given to that as mm -hmm. well. So, but I don't think anyone would claim New Morning to be uh, uh, in Dylan's top 10 or even top 20 yeah. albums of all time. But I wonder, is Dylan really the catalyst for this or is this really going back to Please Please Me to the early days of the Beatles where you could just, you know, they had a live set, you just rock up into the studio, you perform your live set yeah. pretty much live, put it to tape, put it out, move on. Um, the difficulty uh, with, with wildlife is this is a brand new band. Yeah. These are four or five people in a room rehearsing songs that they don't really know. Yeah. They haven't played with each other. This is not a band that have, have, have honed their craft, uh, you know, a thousand hours or ten thousand hours in Hamburg. Yeah. Um, and, and these are not top flight McCartney songs. Well, they're also and we'll kind of break down the, the album, the bonus tracks in a sec. But they're also uh, when these songs start appearing, the band isn't necessarily a given. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. him and Linda on the farm, so it's not necessarily it yeah. didn't start as a one hundred percent band project. Um, but just to look at the the kind of the figures, Wildlife was recorded very quickly between the twenty fifth of July and the second of August, nineteen seventy one, uh, and it was released on the seventh of December, nineteen seventy one. Wings didn't even have a name when they recorded the album. Stella McCartney was born on the thirteenth of September, and famously. Uh, during her difficult delivery, Paul was inspired by the name Wings to call the band Wings, and they were officially named in public on the 9th of October, Lennon's birthday. Um, it is the last album he released in his 20s, and I think that's an amazing thing. Like, for goodness sakes, give the man some due. He, it's nine years after Love Me Do. He re He's still in his 20s. He releases this album, and not only does he release it, he is the main person who made it possible to release this kind of album. Pause. Pause. <laughs> um, in what sense? In the sense of a lo-fi, stripped down? In the sense of um, 
the artist is entitled to follow their creative muse and the fact that the artist has done this thing makes it interesting in and of itself. Take that. Was that not <laughs> was, was was that not Lennon in the late sixties with his well, experimental albums? But that's yeah. a good point. Lennon gets carried shoulder high for this kind of slapdashery. Yeah. And uh, and McCartney does it and he's like, No. And I uh, to be honest, that's kind of what I like about wildlife, because you could argue that he just he he never did anything like this again and he just retreated from it or he overthought things or he you know he's bringing George Martin back in and he's putting on orchestras that's not necessarily well there is an orchestra on this album but that's not necessarily the wildlife way of doing things it is it's very automatic and it's very you know it's very loose I think I mean uh, it's he has seemed to have no regard for the commercial success of the album Yes, I mean, I I don't know whether he genuinely expected that this was going to be a huge smash yeah. uh, album. I mean, I think it was very re- immediately apparent mm-hmm. when it was released that that's not the way it was going to be received. Yeah. Um, but so I don't know. It, it it sort of goes against the whole McCartney personality that he wasn't trying for a commercial success yeah um it certainly goes against the grain of what was happening in the charts at the time you kind of got glam rock going on um so well he certainly is a guy later in his career who makes use of you know the pseudonym you know fireman and thrillington and you know he's probably gotten better at signposting and maybe he was trying to do that with wings i think if wings had come out a bit more under the radar or you know there was a bit more of a flair i know it, it came out under the auspices of this is a quick recording by a new band but it almost if it had slunk into the racks and people had discovered it later on in years like myself almost it it might have a slightly better rep well the other the other interesting thing is the the, the cover itself it doesn't doesn't have the name of the band on no. the cover uh, you just this kind of cutesy picture of them all standing in a river yeah um, with some White but do you know what I never realised for years is how pregnant Linda McCartney is on the cover of that album. You can't really tell on the CD. And he made her stand at a river. He made her stand. I know exactly. That's just not. You know, she's probably that's eating that's cheese as well. But that's uh, none of that's good. But I. I, I but but wait, 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 who else was doing that? Who else was? God darn it! In a you know putting their pregnant bandman wife. I know this in is a, a Rob Sheffield uh, <laughs> thought, but I mean it's uh, you know the the Stones weren't doing this. No. You know? No. But uh, <laughs> well, putting their wives in rivers. Putting their wives in rivers. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I, I, you you answered the question by saying, but by, by by referencing Bob Dylan and New Morning. Yeah. So Dylan had kind of retreated. Nashville skyline, nineteen sixty nine, had retreated into that kind of cozy, domestic setting. Uh, Self portrait, New Morning. He was he was doing those stripped down versions that you've got the band the basement tapes yeah so so dylan i i i think deserves some credit for that that sort of stepping off the bandwagon yeah i don't know whether mccartney was trying to step off the bandwagon was trying to step back on i mean he'd he'd release mccartney i think that's a kind of hybrid album there's some little experimental things with songs like every night maybe i'm amazed he's clearly going for sort of a something a little bit more polished yeah ram incredibly polished a lot of work into that session men a lot of studio time orchestras that doesn't work is this just an overreaction is it what i think this would be this would be a very good bonus disc. okay <laughs> so if wildlife had never been released and they just treated that as a rehearsal yeah um then and it was released for record store day and it was released for record store. <laughs> no if, if if this was the bonus yeah uh album 
or uh, that came with Red Rose Speedway. Right. That would be, I think. So context I, is everything. I think. In a way. I think context is everything. Yeah. But I, I, you know, I'm I'm waiting for you to make the case that these are top-notch McCartney compositions. Well. Uh, I would say, first of all, the, 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 as I said, I came to the album with the lowest of low expectations 20 odd years ago. And the first thing I really like is the sound of the thing. So it opens with mumbo, which for people who don't aren't overly familiar with it is just a nonsensical rocking jam, shouting jam. Yeah. Um, but the sound of it is it sounds very close and immediate. I, I, I think if you look at the stuff that Lennon was putting out in 71 with that kind of Phil Spector kind of, you know, almost kind of stoned, glazed uh, production. Even now they're they're winding back on that mm. and putting out raw mixes of Imagine. I think it's a, I think it just has a great sound. It's a sunshine, windows down, drive, turn it up, crank it. Great feel. It feels like it is. It feels live. It is. I think I, 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 I like the sound of it. What I don't like about it is there isn't a lyric yeah. to be heard. I mean, it's... Well, there, I, is, there I, is on I the remember. live album. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember uh, at the time listening to it. It's the first album. It kicks off the album. And yeah. you're thinking, what is this? What's he singing about? What is he I mean, the He's, last thing we had heard was the exact antithesis of this. It was yeah. Backseat of My Car, The yes. End of Ram. Yes. And this is literally... 100% Stone Cold yeah, opposite. Yeah, this is them just jamming in a, in a studio. Someone switched, he said, like, take it, Tony, yep. which is the instruction to the engineer to start the tape rolling, and, yeah. and they just put it out yep. as it is. And he's just making up the words. He's making... It's, is that the way to start your album where you're trying to come back after a critical drubbing and... Uh, well, I'm not going to lie. I have looked at the track listing of Wildlife and wondered, could it have been rejigged into a... You know, you know, I have my theories about yeah, Queen's Hot I, Space, that Hot Space is just <sighs> a great album sequenced incorrectly. Well, everyone's looking forward to that podcast. That'll be another podcast. But uh, I think, I, well, I, th- I, I think the sequencing doesn't help. Yes. I, I think the weak side is side one. Yes. Um, side two is weak, but not as weak as side one. But uh, it, that could in part be the concept of the album, that the album is literally the evolution of the band. I think you're overthinking it. That, you know, this, the album does get, as a, you know, as you say, the flip side is more prepared or formed than the, the A side. I think you're clutching that, 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 that straw is just Wings are a primordial beast <laughs> kind of clambering out of the, the soup and they're going onto the shore and the uh, B side is them standing on their own two feet. Is yes? There, is there something in the water? What's the <laughs> <laughs> well, as you go through, like if you do look at that side one, so you've got Mumbo and then everyone's favourite, Bip Bop. Another song without a lyric. Yeah, and I know Bip Bop is like this sort of in-joke on uh, the Steve Hoffman music forums. But, I, I, but uh, you know, even Bip Bop, I could kind of take that as a slightly nonsensical yeah. uh, B-side. This, yeah. is, this is a B-side. Yeah, not a four-minute album. No, and this, the, other thing, the other thing that's wrong with this album is that every song is too long. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's only eight tracks, a couple of little link yep. uh, tracks. Um, so the, there, there isn't enough material. The material is 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 not well written. Yep. It's not well played, and it's too long. But apart from that, it's great. <laughs> well, then you have a, a cover, "Love Is Strange," which is a great moment. That's and it is odd to hear Solo Paul do a cover like that. That is a redeeming song. That yeah. is the song that I think shows uh, the band at its absolute best. It's yeah. a kind of slight reggae lilt to yeah. it. It really shows off... Uh, Rin- Linda. Really shows off Linda. Uh, Denny Sywell's drumming was what I was going to say. Yes, okay. Is, is just, he's, <laughs> he's got that kind of reggae lilt down absolutely perfectly. Yeah. Um, my understanding, this is a this is a kind of a cover, but not quite a cover. He's making up his own lyrics. Mm. So he's, he's, you know, jamming on this. He starts doing his own lyrics. Uh, he reworks the song. 
this was originally going to be a single. Yes. Um, but that was cancelled because the album wasn't... Well, the album tanked. The album tanked. And then side one has the ends of the title track, Wildlife, which goes on for almost seven minutes. It's... Yeah, it seems like longer. <laughs> um, but it is interesting that Paul is still a carnivore at this point and he's writing a song about animals and animal rights. And is, Again, who was doing this in 1971? About animals or aminals? Aminals, yes. There is that bit where he says, aminals in the zoo. Um, uh, you know, it, it, that's, that's a song which is just a kind of, I don't know how many chords, not very many. Yeah. And he's just vamping away at that. It just goes on and on. If it was a two minute great. It was <laughs> if it was a two minute song, it would be okay. Yeah. Um all of these songs are, are pretty much kinda okay. Yeah. And if they were cut in half, they'd be okay. Yeah. Well, uh, let let's have a quick look at side two, because I think side two is better. Um it has more formed songs, so some people never know. That's a great song. That's not bad. Uh, I Am Your Singer. That's a terrible song. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, but then I think, which is probably the killer song, which is Tomorrow. I will give you that. It's the, it's the, it, That is a good song. It's the best song on the album. Yeah. And it's a good song all around. So I remember when I, as I said, and I heard the song for the first time, when I got to Tomorrow, I was like, how is this? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Song not as well known as uh, every other McCartney song. It's a glorious, yeah. fantastic, well-written song. And it's not as well known because it's tucked away on the second side of the worst <laughs> album. That will do that for that you. That will do that. But I have another theory, which is I think you should look at tomorrow and compare it to yesterday. Ah. No? Yeah. That yesterday, if you listen to the Beatles yesterday, which Paul wrote, obviously, it's a very, you know, it's a s- story song about a situation that Paul has made up. It's imagined. But Tomorrow is a very real song about a real relationship. I have no doubt that it is exactly about Paul and Linda as a grown-up, you know, couple. It sounds adult. Yeah. And there's not a lot of songs that cover that ground. It's it's not saying anything grossly sophisticated or in-depth, but it's very, very real compared yes. to something like Yesterday, which is, you know, very well done, but it doesn't really have any kind of salt in it. Um, well, I don't know. I think I, the problem with yesterday is, I think, over familiarity. I think, uh, mm. I, I think it's a very, I think it's a very heartfelt song. Yeah. No, you think it's a bit cliched or cloying or? I cer- well, it depends what you're trying to get at in 1971, and certainly the heart well, of 1971 was 
the songwriter is telling me how he feels. Yeah, I think I think if yesterday, if you're looking at yesterday in the context of 1971, yeah, yeah. I think so. But no, if if this album had started with uh, "Love Is Strange," yeah, and gone into "Tomorrow," yeah, that would have been a great opening. Yeah, a uh, couple of tracks, and I think the sequencing, you know, that possibly the sequencing might have saved. Yes, you know, no one puts their worst songs at the start of the album and keeps the, <laughs> the better stuff yeah. for the end. And yeah. I mean, I, I, tomorrow is a song which is 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 uh, a great song and it is deserving of of great yeah. recognition. And then the album finishes with "Dear Friend," which is sort of seen as the handshake of friendship to. Lennon, let's put it all behind us. But the timing, does the timing fit for that? The t- well, the timing fits for it being a, a, a kind of shout out to Lennon, but not a response to How Do You Sleep, which is the song on Imagine where yeah. he's really kind of sliding Paul, Paul off. Um, uh, I think it was, this is a song that I'm not sure that this song actually features any other members of the band. Mm. Um, it's from the Ram sessions, yeah. I'm pretty certain. Um, so again, it doesn't fit. It, it sounds different. There's an orchestra. Yeah. But again, it's I, I like the song, but long. But it's long, it and long, yeah. and the orchestration is probably the most interesting thing about it. And he's he's, it, it's a it's a, I don't know what the key is, but it's very high. Yeah. Uh, as if he's kind of straining. Yeah. Um, I like the song more because of it, it, it's part of that interplay yes. back and forward between John and Paul at that time, and I like they're all writing songs about each other. And but I think as a song, it's it's not a great way to close the album. Except he puts a little snippet of is it Mumbo comes yeah. at the end. Another yeah. you can't get enough of that wordless jam. <laughs> yeah, so it sticks. But uh, it's just another very long yeah. song. So, uh, as you said, then, that this deluxe edition has one CD of the album, one CD of a rough mix of the album. Which doesn't sound... But mean, I, did, do you think it sounds I think markedly it's, I think, different? I think it goes to show... I mean, Alan Parsons was the engineer on this record who obviously went on to become Alan Parsons. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, before he sort of made Dark Side of the Moon and his own solo slash project type stuff. And you actually can sense between the two that even though Wildlife sets itself up as being very laid back with nothing happening, there is... There is a bit of fairy dust on the yeah. tapes, and yeah, there is yeah. a bit of tightening up. And particularly for tomorrow, there's this rather terrible backing vocal on the rough mix version, which is yes. stripped out. Yeah, yeah, where Linda's yeah. just in the background going tomorrow, <laughs> very faintly, and doesn't really. It's just terrible. So, um, so uh, there is a difference. Uh, to be honest, I'm not really going back to the rough mixes an awful lot. Is it some people never know has the uh, peculiar sound at the end? There's some fantastic harmonies on that. Yeah. Uh, and that peculiar little sound at the end. Is that that? I is it like a kind of right. synth, which is somebody actually s- spinning a piece of pipe around? <laughs> like to make a Bonzo dog. Yeah. Urban yeah, yeah, like that, 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 yes, that, that, that kind of noise. But but so, yes, there's a, there, there are. Produ- so, again, it. it it kind of falls between the two things. Is yeah. it is, is it is it the, the like the opening track mumbo? Is it a just let's do the show right here in the studio? Let's just yeah. crank up the volume and record it, or is there a little bit of studio trickery? You've got the orchestrations. It's neither one thing well, or the other. It's still an it, album recorded on Abbey Road. It is, but it doesn't it doesn't have a, a sort of constancy of sound. Is that a word? A consistency yeah. of sound. Um, so it's a bit it's a bit of a for, for for an album that was recorded so quickly. Yes. It's got a kind of slight mishmash of different sounds. and. Uh but the thing I will give Wildlife, and we'll, we'll talk about the, 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 the disco bonus tracks in a second, but it is the first album, uh, I think, of his solo years that is totally divorced from the Beatles. I don't think there's a particular Beatles-ending moment on it. And also, 
the first two albums were chock full of songs that were knocking around when the Beatles were still a thing. There's nothing on Wildlife that was knocking around when the Beatles were. No, I think around, that's unless right. Unless my time timing is wrong. So it's it's purely. And so if you kind of get onto that disc of bonus tracks, although some of it's very rough and ready, mm. it does sound like the sound of his head that summer. You know, he's got all these things rattling around, all these kind of fragments and tunes. And I, I guess your point is going to say, well, they don't really land anywhere. But I maybe that's not the point. Yeah, I think I think that uh, it's just it, it, it does seem to me that if they'd taken another couple of months, yeah, rehearsed the band, worked up arrangements, the songs that work best on the album are the ones like Tomorrow, like Love is Strange, where there is an actual arrangement. So you get the sense that some thought has gone into it. Where yeah. You know, Mumbo is just a jam. My life is just to say those three or four chords and it's just a band that doesn't go anywhere. Um, I, 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 I think the fragments that, that that appear on the bonus disc yeah. do give that kind of insight yeah. and you think well if 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 only they had spent a little more, bit more time mm. working up those working up arrangements uh this i think would be a much better album but the the bonus disc has those fragments the bonus disc is almost like in in four parts there's like him and linda just jamming into a tape machine yeah then there's him trying to get some songs together then there's him trying to do something with the band and then there's the singles right at the end and there's these little 30 second interstitials yeah. breaking up those four phases so it's it, yeah i mean it's 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 an interesting sort of little documentary disc yeah uh of the evolution yeah of it's, it thing. is yeah. like a yeah. documentary yeah, yeah. kind of oral thing but dear friend is great on that disc yes it's kind of you kind of feel it land in the middle and he's like okay this is something with something that i've got to there's get substance, out yes there's substance there and yeah yeah um then there's a couple of interesting things in this uh on the bonus disc for wildlife is when the wind is blowing uh, towards the end, which has an amazing afterlife as a Kanye West song. Yes. Can I hold my hand up at this point? Yes. So I haven't listened to the bonus disc of that particular well, track. Then uh, we have I just to couldn't shut I, this down. I just couldn't bring myself to do that. But <laughs> but uh, but I know I know where well, you speak. I love the, the 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 story of when the wind is blowing. So when the wind is blowing is a, a McCartney song that has sat in the archives for years until the, the archive collection came out, and it was written originally. Um, Paul told the story years ago on Parkinson that he was looking at a Van Gogh Van Gogh painting mm. and there's a guy in the painting playing a guitar with two fingers and Paul because he's never off and he's the best one decided hey what are those two fingers doing on that guitar in that painting by Van Gogh and he got a guitar and he tried to play this chord and he played this chord up and down and he got a little riff out of it you know the most impressive thing about that story what? Paul is that he knew what the tuning was in the painting that's very true we never really got to the bottom of that. <laughs> you should we, should, we should recall all these albums. Um, but he played this riff and he whistled over it and recorded it. And then it sort of just went into the archive. It yep. never really became, it became this track, When the Wind is Blowing. And then cut to, what is it, seven or eight years ago, he's sitting with Kanye West. And Kanye West is running a tape recording everything Paul is doing for a day. And Paul is telling him a, either a version of this story or he's playing this two-finger guitar whistle riff. And six months later, Kanye sends him the song All Day, which is not the same as When the Wind is Blowing. It is a hundred miles <laughs> in the opposite direction in terms of some of the language on it, Stephen. is it's, just... It's, that's why I can't listen to uh, it. It's just... You couldn't listen on a Sunday, that's for one thing. You know, it's just absolutely terrible stuff. Um, and uh, so I know it, we don't usually do sound clips on this podcast, but to actually put the two songs side by side, When the Wind is Blowing, and actually to hear how Kanye 
rips that off. Well, not rips it off. He credits he, yeah. Paul. He copies it over into one day, uh, and then, um, or sorry, all day. Pardon me, uh, all day. And then at the end of all day, Paul turn, turns up himself, whistling and singing a little rappy song. Uh, it's 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 well worth uh, well worth seeking out. Uh, and then the last thing that's on the the music side of uh, wildlife is give Ireland back to the Irish. So we talk about that for half an hour. I'm happy to talk about that for <laughs> half an hour. <laughs> oh, this is a very half-hearted protest song. It's it's in. I mean, it's a song that has kind of disappeared. I mean, it, it was. It's it's. I don't know. It it happened fast, and you could argue that it shouldn't be on the wildlife reissue at all, since it it, it, it it's it's a song that. Uh, was written the day after the Bloody Sunday massacres and recorded the day after that, yep. and then released probably about a week later. Yeah. So this is this is this is a sort of Lennon yes approach yes to the the, the you know and Lennon has his own uh, protest songs yep. that arising out of uh, the the Bloody Sunday incident, but this is him very much you know uh, I'm going to write this protest song I'm going to get it out it's a kind of reportage yes uh, you know. Um, so there's and there's, there's clearly something he felt very deeply about. He'd actually been in New York City with Lennon yeah. on the 29th of January. Yeah, they'd been hanging out uh, the day before all this happened. And and it's interesting to compare the two songs. Yeah. So Mac- look the, at the Irish. Uh, no, no. There's, there's actually a song called uh, uh, I think it's called Sunday Bloody Sunday. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which is a fantastic song. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, it's 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 a lyrically very powerful song. Musically, it's incredibly powerful. Uh, I, I don't doubt that both men felt very strongly about about what had happened. Mm. Um, their, their reaction is to write a song, and and Paul comes up with a, a kind of slightly twee, half-hearted. Yeah, you know. The, <laughs> but great, he's great, trying to be reasonable. Great Britain, it, you, you are, are tremendous. tremendous. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's 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 just it's just such a such a half-hearted uh, uh, attempt to write a song about something that he clearly felt much more yes uh, viscerally about yes. Uh, but um, the, through the Paul McCartney filter, it just comes out as something slightly twee, and there's a little kind of little twee interlude yeah, in the middle. It, and it's not a very melodically exciting song by Paul no, McCartney no. standards. And is it kind of like a reggae? Is it got a little bit well, of a reggae lilt to I, it? That's, well, I read about this that the, uh, I mean, as it turns out, it ends up being the first Wings single. So the album comes out December '71, and they record "Give Ireland Back to the Irish" in February '72 and release it. And he he put on the B side a, an instrumental yeah. version of Give Ireland Back to the Irish because he didn't want DJs to flip the record. He wanted them to confront the situation because Paul likes to get things done, you know. And uh, that's why he's the best. <laughs> that's one. why he's the best one. But the B side, I didn't appreciate this until I was reading up about this. He dis- he deliberately. I always wondered why it sounded a bit crummy. And it's mm. designed. It's mixed to sound like a reggae dub B side. Although with kind of a diddly diddly yes. guitar motif all it's over, Irish, it's so uh, he, strange. He invented Irish reggae. Yes, is what we were saying. And it's the first and last single in that genre. Is there anything this man cannot do? Yes, mashed potatoes. If you've uh. seen YouTube, um, he's uh, yeah. It's and it's it's a single that uh, I mean it, it got to number one in Ireland, mm-hmm. which is quite weird. Uh, but it doesn't carry. It doesn't remain. And it's it, not in the popular consciousness. Nobody. It's kind of been swept no. under the rug. And, and I have to say, it's it doesn't fit. Yes. 
it, well, it does not fit with wildlife. I does mean, it fit it, with anything? Though? No. Yeah. I th- and I think that it is a kind of orphan single. And I think they've put it on the very end of this box set because they don't want to address it in the Red Rose Speedway box set, the next yeah. one, which we'll talk about in a sec. But they don't want it to be part of that. And they're saying, well, look, it, it belongs to this automatic writing, automatic recording debut style mm. of the album. We'll just stick it on here and just leave it here and be done with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so plowing into the box set a bit more, there's a there's a, an interesting DVD with a couple of bits and pieces. There's a nice bit of uh, black and white footage of Wings rehearsing in the ICA in early uh, 72, February 72. They're, they're, they're rehearsing um, and also some great footage from the 1st of February 72. And it seems to be in Paul's house in Cavendish Avenue recording, uh, rehearsing Give Ireland Back to the Irish before they obviously go across the road to Abbey Road to record it. And um, I don't know if you you haven't watched all that DVD. No, have I haven't watched. I know. And there's my, f- my my dislike of wildlife has held me back. <coughs> well, I know. Uh, uh, there's an interesting five minute footage um, of the from uh, November 1971 of the wildlife launch party in Leicester Square, and it actually seems totally at odds with the whole feel and vibe of the album. This sort of getting back in the country, spontaneous thing, and there's all the glamorous. And the good of 1971 rock aristocracy rocking up in their finery to this, this album launch. This, this is where Paul turned up in the unfinished suit. Is that right? Yeah. Did you, we know that, you know that story? He, no. He, he had a suit uh, specially commissioned uh, for, for this launch party. He went to pick it up from the tailor and it wasn't ready. Right. So it still had this sort of big white oh, right. stitching. Uh, so he just went, uh, yeah, that's that's really cool. I'll just wear that. And he turned up with this unfinished Well, that's a metaphor so for the record. I was, <laughs> you, beat, you beat me to it. You beat me to it. But yeah, you're right. It, 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 he's at this point, he's kind of, the, the glam thing is going on. Um, so this album is completely out of step yeah. with, with what's going on. The other uh, bit of information I, I read somewhere was that he and Linda hand wrote yes. the six seven eight hundred invitations yeah. to this party so he was kind of desperate for uh, for attention for attention well the, 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 it's, it's funny that you mention that because inside this wildlife box set there's a bunch of depending on what your view is uh, faithfully reproduced documents of the time slash tat tat and that represents what was going on with the invite to the party there's also a very accurately reproduced copybook uh, which has scrawled lyrics and sort of has a, a diary of the tour that they're about to undertake in February 1972 and also his uh, working lyrics to Live and Let Die which can I read them for you now? Please do. Uh, when you were young and your heart was an open home you used to say live and don't moan. So I th- I think we w- missed wor- a bullet there. <laughs> wor- words to live your life by. <laughs> um, so yeah so you have the uh, you have all these kind of things there's also a bunch of very nicely reproduced uh Photographs and a handwritten list by Paul of about 40 um, media outlets that he wants to communicate the press release to give Ireland back to the Irish about, which is it's just interesting to see how his uh, how his mind works. But physically, um, it's a it's a it's a very nice box. I mean, it, 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 but it doesn't seem to have changed your mind on wildlife to any stretch. I mean, I, I was quite happy that one of my favorite albums was being celebrated in a in a box set in a box set in a in a, in a way that it, absolutely deserved uh, th- what I, I what i will say is having having listened to your splendid defense of the yes. album I, I will go back and i will listen to it one more time and then put the box on the shelf and <laughs> never listen well, listen to it or speak of it again that's all we can ask is uh, is that that if, if people can do that if, if that podcast draws people towards wildlife, i, I think better. i think if it's an album that uh, you know i i came to the album 
very much with the reputation in yes. my mind. This, yeah. is, this, is, this is a terrible album. This is his worst album. Over the years, I, I rarely listened to it. Uh, I did listen to it when the, this reissue came out. I will concede there are two, maybe two and a half songs I might pull off the album to put on a best of yep. Paul McCartney. Um, but I, I think it would be better as a as a bonus disc yep. uh, for, for perhaps for Red Rose Speedway. So before we get on to Red Rose Speedway, there's a thing sandwiched in between Wildlife and Red Rose Speedway in the 71 to 73 box, which is the Wings Over Europe live album. And it's a single live CD with a very nice photo book and a reproduced uh, programme from the time. And only available in the hugely expensive Yes, 360 uh, quid. Doesn't, do, not, not, not available as any no. kind of standalone issue. Yet. Uh, yet. Although, I, I, yeah, I, I keep expecting it to turn up at one of these record store day type things or to turn up on vinyl. But that's a, a great live album. It is a great live album. And, you know, in 1972, Wings, once again, you know, we, we've touched upon this before. Uh, Paul has this thing of printing the legend of, you know, he, he sort of sells up things. And one of the things he always talks about when he talks about Wings and Wings starting was, we went off on a university tour. I'm not going to do the, the voice. I said it before. <laughs> it's like having him in the room. He, he sort of sells this thing of, you know, well, we went off and we got in a van and we... We, we drove around the country and we turned up at universities and we just played for the people there. And he sort of sets this up as some massive, mighty undertaking. Yep. And the Wings University tour of February 72 was two weeks. He yep. was in the van for two weeks. 11 gigs. 11 gigs in two weeks. It's got that touch of, uh, uh, you know, Pulp's common people. If he called yeah. his dad, he could stop it all. You know, yeah. that's it. it, it but, but he gives him the license to say we were a good little band and we went in a van and we went up and down. Open brackets for two weeks. This is, the, this, is, this is the thing. He's trying to, to, to get back to that kind of Beatles early days camaraderie, camaraderie run, yeah. driving up and down the, the, the well, I was going to say the motorway. There probably weren't any motorways, but, but the back of the van vibe. He's, Why is he making but, life but, so hard for himself? But he's condensing that. Yeah. You know, what took the Beatles five, six years to yeah. build up? He's trying to do yes. that in two weeks, yeah. 11 gigs. Yeah. Um, but what I will say is the the... The live album is great. It is and, great, and and that just reinforces my view that you know wildlife is the rehearsal. Yeah, it's a taped uh, rehearsal for the band. Yeah, um, the live album is pretty good. Yeah, the versions um, of Mumbo and Bip Bop they take oh, off. They're they're all better. They're both better than yep. uh, the, than what's on on the album. Yes. Um, so perhaps if they'd recorded that after, yes. they 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 cemented the relationship in the back of the van doing the 11 gigs yeah uh it, it, it would have been a more cohesive album yeah and, and the other tour he did that year was the wings over europe tour and that's actually where these recordings yes, come from yes. which is six weeks in july august 1972 a bit of a longer tour but again setting himself up in this kind of open top bus <laughs> and driving around and uh, it's almost trying to I, I kind of feel from that he's trying to make sense of what's happening by doing these kind of things he's he's he is trying to recreate yeah uh, the band no I give him credit yeah for starting a band yes you know John doesn't bother starting a band uh, you, you know he's he's working in the studio with Imagine he's got session players he's got Nicky yeah. Hopkins he's got George he's got Ringo on Plastic Ono Band he goes to America and he picks up a kind of journeyman mm. band uh, Elephant's Memory who were really they, they were a band but they were pretty much session men. yeah um, you know George is doing the same he's working with yeah. uh, Billy Preston and Jim Keltner and he's surrounding himself by by sort of people of, of uh, you know session guys yes. guys for hire McCartney I'll give him that he goes back to to basics he, he tries to start a band yes 
But if you're in a band with Paul McCartney, you're always going to be in a band with Paul McCartney. Oh, it's Paul McCartney's yeah. band. And he, he's he's kind of fooling himself, I think, uh, that, that he's what he's trying to do and I mean and the but open it's, it's the McCartney paradox isn't it he's damned if he does and he's damned if he doesn't yeah. you know and I do think that John and George and Ringo are you know they're, they've, they've got that kind of dry session studio sound to all those kind of 70s records and Paul in his defence is even if you might say it's it's not true it can't be true because of who he is at least he is pretending to be true or he believes it to be true himself he's it's he's 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 trying to will something into existence. Yes. I think that that's really what he's doing. And uh, you know the same you, eleven dates in in the UK. Then he takes, as you say, an open topped bus. Yeah, that is all tricked out with a wings livery. And yeah. uh, you know Denny Sywell and uh, Denny Lane they talk about that and they said this bus travelled at thirty five miles an hour. <laughs> you know, so you, not you, the most efficient way. He's, of he's around. driving around Europe at thirty five miles an hour. Yeah, uh, you, you know he 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 might as well have. Unistubs and Cliff Richard on the bus. <laughs> you know, it's 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 not real. Yes, it's not real, Paul. Yes, it's not real. But none of it's re- nothing is real. Nothing is huh? real. Huh? See what I did um, there? You know, he he he. If he's going to tour, yes. Uh, and and the other three aren't doing this. Yeah. Uh, he he just needs to kind of embrace the fact that he's Paul McCartney. He's a superstar. He can get a jet. He's got the money. But that's what he's doing now. That's what he's doing now. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. I, yeah. But but he's pretending to be something he isn't. He just he clearly just he just wants to be the bass player in the yeah. band, and he's never going to be that. But every like any contemporaneous footage of that time, it's you know people are asking Denny Lane, sure, why are you in this band, and what's it like being in Paul's band, and it yeah. just it all just falls apart when you start to interrogate. It, really, yeah. In it's 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 never going to be you know you're, it's never going to be a band of yeah. equals. Yeah. And 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 you know it's the same issue. That at the end of the Beatles, McCartney had a certain view of the way things were going. Yeah. Uh, th- this is the band that he wanted the Beatles to be. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's he's fulfilling his get back fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. And uh, that bus has been found. The livery bus has been found. Right. We don't know who owns it. There's people online think it was found in I think uh, Spain in a field in Spain a year or two ago, and it was transported back to England. And there's rumours that McCartney has bought it. But nobody knows for sure. So you're telling me they just abandoned this bus? They just abandoned this it's not bus. Environmentally, environmentally friendly. Danny Sewell was hiding in the boot or any of that kind of stuff. But it's no, it's not very environmentally friendly. But interestingly, the livery of the bus is the livery on the outside of this box set. And in the run-up, when people were wondering whether Paul was going to release this box set or not, Paul was playing gigs all throughout summer 2018 with this livery on his <laughs> piano, and nobody, nobody twigged up. what was going on. This has been Nothing Is Real. You can follow us in the usual places. Look for us on Facebook. We're on Twitter on at BeatlesPod. Uh, my name's Jason Carty. My name's Stephen Cockcroft. And we'll talk to you next time, part two of Wing Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Thanks for listening to Nothing Is Real. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, why not become a member? You'll get access to ad-free content, bonus episodes, and so much more. Follow the link in the show notes, sign up on ACAST Plus, or visit our website, nothingisrealpod.com.